I think I talk enough about men on this podcast that it was finally time for me to bring one on here. So this week, we have a very special episode and our first guest who is not related to me. So enjoy episode 21. It's a fuck a lot of haters, episode 21 of Black Explaining the Podcast. We have a guest this week. Guest, introduce oh, yourself. Introduce yeah. myself now. That's you. I'm just a guy. Uh, Sasha, aka at Thin Cruel Lips on all social medias. Uh, I'm just a guy from TikTok that is a nigga with sense. <laughs> that That's my genre of TikTok. That's my niche. Niggas Absolutely. with sense. Yeah. For all of my female followers, follow him on Instagram. There's a lot of shoulder, a lot of upper chest going on. So it's (laughs) definitely something that's giving what it's supposed to give. And it's Black History Month. So it's anti-Black if you don't follow him. So that's just a little note right there. But yeah, this week's um, episode is kind of brought to you by Valentine's Day um, because love and people suck. So I'm just going to get right into it. Um, Yeah, I have been like going on a series of like failed people interactions for the last two months. Um, And I really think it's creating a new personality for me that is like Mm. solely evil. So this is your villain arc. Uh, The dates have been that bad? Yeah, the dates are definitely my villain origin story, but I don't just mean like, you know, the type of villain that doesn't hold the door for old ladies or like, like babies. I mean, like the kind of villain that like morphs into a whole different person and tries to blow up a hospital. Like, I definitely feel like that's where I'm headed to. (laughs) That bad, huh? Yeah, I'm definitely turning into the Joker. Uh, And I can see this now Um, because, yeah, the people and the men that I've interacted with, they suck. But I think dating overall. That's the interesting thing about being black and dating is that we don't really talk about it enough, but there's only really like seven cities as a black person you can kind of date in successfully. And even yeah. then, like, you're not you're not in one of them. I mean, I don't know shit about Milwaukee, but I also don't know any black person besides you who knows anything about Milwaukee. So that's a bad sign. That's very <laughs> fair. And everybody outside of the Midwest hears, like, I live in Wisconsin. And they're like, oh, like, on a farm? And I'm like, (laughs) that's, like, an interesting direction to go for, like, immediately to farm. Like, It wasn't um, until TikTok I knew Black people existed outside of, like, D.C., New York, and, like, Right? (laughs) Like, somebody, like, I've been getting a lot of ads from Phoenix lately. I was like, they got niggas in Phoenix? Which is... And you know what? You know what's really crazy? Niggas leave Milwaukee, they go straight to fucking Phoenix, Arizona. Really? I got to visit because I remember years and years. So the desert is like my favorite like setting. The desert climates, I like hot nights. I like red rocks and sand. Okay. And I always wanted to move to like, like New Mexico is the most beautiful place I've ever been to in my life. And I was just, I like Albuquerque. Who would the fuck would think Albuquerque is like that pretty, right? So I always want to move to like Phoenix or Arizona or like any kind of desert city. But I'm like, damn, them motherfuckers is white as hell out there. Arizona was voting red for a while. I think we got blue in the Mm. last election, but I'm pretty sure it was red up until 
from civil rights on. So, <laughs> so um, I was like, damn. But then like on TikTok, I, every other ad is like Phoenix, Houston, Phoenix, Houston, Phoenix, Houston. And I'm like, there's no way they got this many niggas in Phoenix that I'm getting all these Phoenix ads. And I asked somebody, yeah. and they're like, it's a really, it's really thriving now, apparently, with black people. It is. Niggas leave their little small cities or their small towns. They go directly to Phoenix or Houston or Dallas. So I think the fact that you're getting this, um, these ads is a sign directly from the ancestors, especially if you see them during Black History Month. So it sounds like this is a part of your destiny. Yeah, I was thinking about moving to Houston. I actually booked a flight there. It's like three weeks or something. I'm going to go check out the city because I... I don't know what Wisconsin weather is like, but I'm from the North. Currently, I'm in Detroit. I've spent my whole life in New York and Pennsylvania, and the winter is beating my ass. I can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I really, really cannot. Because I'm so Wisconsin. Like, you going to catch me outside with the white people with shorts on. Like, that's how winterized I am. Like, it's this is I'm thriving right now. The winter is my season. Oof, you are. Better than me, because I've been the North my whole life, and I maybe had, like, one winter where I was like, you know what? Winter is not so bad. That was my whole life of 34 years, so I, my favorite outfit is sunlight. I like to just be outside naked all the time, so. Okay, that's fair. Winter's not doing it for me. Yeah, I think, you know, the ancestors would definitely want our skin to be free of the fabric prisons that we have been given. But, you know, because we intermingle uh, with the Mayo Saxons, we kind of have to keep it a little bit more classy than that. Mayo Saxons. Did you come up with that just now? Um. Well, I think that's like in a textbook somewhere. Like, I think that's what they're actually called. Is it really? Mayo Saxons. You're lying may- to me. Mayonnaise I- Saxons. No, it's like I literally have you to can't that. fact check that because it's Black History Month. That's so you can't do that. But um, I think that's what they're called. But yeah, so dating as a millennial. Um, let me just first say that dating is the ghetto. Let me just say that like meeting people and getting the like, oh, do our personalities match and are we compatible? It's ghetto as fuck. And specifically as a black Midwesterner, like worst experience of my entire life now i'm gonna do a little rewind little throwback to little baby sierra in like 2015 i was in college in this city called stevens point wisconsin population 13,000. so you can only imagine what it's giving i remember being on tinder and exclusively white men calling me hot chocolate well, Tinder is like triple ghetto. Like of the dating apps, like I know 2015 that's probably all you had then, but like of the dating yeah. apps, I think we could all establish as a culture. Like Tinder is, dude, Tinder sent me into a depression as hell. Like Tinder really? in a white area will send you, like you will just be like, am I ugly? Like, am I, like what, like why are all these Tug. profiles fake? I'm getting no matches. The matches I'm getting are, are not good looking people or even good people. You know what I mean? Not at all. Like, you know what? Tinder, yeah. You know what's crazy too? I was on Tinder. Last time I was on Tinder was maybe 2017, 2018. And I, at the time, I was living in a really white area, Allentown, Pennsylvania. And bro, I made I had a collection of all the profiles I would see of black women, which wasn't a lot to begin with. But I would say seven out of 10 of these profiles had something in their bio about how they prefer white men. And I'm just like, I was just screenshot them all, just like this is my like Yu-Gi-Oh card collection. I was like, this is what dating is like in this area. Like I'm wow. trying to find something black and and then Hinge came out and I got on Hinge 
the thing is, there are black women in my area or in that area. Okay. And that area is like 15 minutes from Jersey and it's about an hour and a half from New York. But when you put go on Hinge and I set it to like find black women, it would only bring up Brooklyn. I'm like, you telling me there's no viable dating options for me from Allentown, Pennsylvania, all the way to Brooklyn, almost 200 miles away? That doesn't make any sense. I know there's black people in between here. So black women out there, are y'all not using dating apps? Or were you not in 2018? Because I could not find y'all in the Pennsylvania Man, suburbs. that's so interesting. Immediately when you said Allentown, Pennsylvania, I thought like pilgrims. So maybe that was like the problem that you were having. Um, because it still sounds... Oh, yeah. It still sounds colonial. Um, so I would not be surprised if they turn their own butter. It's it's kind of like it's it's a suburb. It's more it's it's kind of blew up during Rona because like every so Allentown, Pennsylvania is an hour and a half from New York. And okay. it's one of those like su- like so the singles market there to begin with sucks because like nobody's single mm. there. What happens is all the by majority, the majority of the minorities come from New York. To, live, to buy houses in Allentown because it's like a 10 fair. times cheaper to live. So the singles market there is already kind of trash. And then, you know, and I, I guess really that's what, well, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably what it was. It was like from Allentown all the way through through New York, there's totally black and Hispanic people, but there's nobody single. Because <laughs> from, from where I was living all the way to New York is just suburbs and houses, suburbs and houses. And then you have Brooklyn. I'd say like the first mm. piece of New York you hit when you drive in. That's probably Honestly, why now that I think about it. And that just goes to like, that's like aggressively black. Like to just skip from Pennsylvania to like straight to Brooklyn. That's just aggressively black. Like I feel like there has to be kind of levels. So there's like a moderate black in there as well. Cause Brooklyn is just incredible. Well, I am aggressively black and from New York. So I need Oh, that. okay. So that's. <laughs> That's the vibe that you were giving off. That's why they gave that to you. And now, because that's why I, my dating life is kind of thriving here in Detroit. Is it? And okay. I'm not trying to date. That's probably you know what. That's probably why it's thriving because I'm not actually trying to date. So like, when someone's just like in my inbox and they're like, "Hey, let me take you out," or just I'm at the club and somebody's like talking to me, I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." But like, if I was looking for it, it'd probably be mid. But because I'm not, it's just like, oh, all this attention, and I. Didn't even want it. So that's great. Got that's you. Nice. But then again, no, the city that... is black as hell. I haven't seen a white person in weeks. Oh, I love that for you. That's great. Absolutely. Okay, I'm lying. It hasn't been weeks. I work okay. in the suburbs with white people, but like in the weekends, I don't see any. Love that for you. My weekends, my weekdays, very, very white. But I will say like dating apps as a person in like a Midwest or like in a city like Milwaukee, because it's like... And also, like, let me preface this by saying, like, Milwaukee is incredibly segregated and, like, the location-based dating apps are supposed to, like, find people in your proximity. So I do get, like, a ton of Black people on, like, the dating apps because I live in a Black-ass neighborhood. So everybody around me is Black. Everybody pretty close to me is Black. But the thing is, is that considering my proximity is Black, there are way too many white men that, like, break through that little barrier that try to slide in. And their pickup lines, they include exclusively uh, remarks about mocha and chocolate and... um, how I, you know, am the same color as espresso and things like that. And it's 
it's well, it's really interesting because when it comes from black men, like if you find you black and you call me sexy chocolate, I'm into it. But um, if you are the same color um, as the palm of my hand, then I really don't want to hear it. Like I I don't want to hear chocolate. I don't want to hear mocha. I don't want to hear espresso. Well, I gotta ask. Um, I feel like you're way younger than me. So what are you like? Twenty seven. Twenty six. Oh, I'm good. So you're 26. You're way younger than me. I got to ask, how old do you have your preferences set on these apps? Because I feel like a 26-year-old white man would not hit you with the mocha. Maybe they would in the Midwest, but I feel like 26 is pretty young, pretty progressive. I feel like you'd have to know at 26 to thir- to under 35 that the mocha line, the, the chocolate yeah. line is, is off limits. So are Absolutely. you shooting for the 45-year-old, 46-year-old white man on there? Is I that what's going on? you. And I, I hear you and I see the faith that you have in these white men. I want you to relinquish it um, because they have no sense. They have no sense. Um, they know absolutely nothing. Um, and I give them zero points for anything. So they like, because white men here, they could be, you know, the, I went to a public school, you know, freedom writer black. Like you remember the white woman, she was in the school, she was teaching all the black people how to write and uh, internalize their feelings. They, they mm-hmm. usually be freedom writer black. Like I, I'm down with the struggle. Um, black lives matter. Um, I shop or I go to black restaurants during black restaurant week. Like they could be that white, but that still does not separate them from their fetishes, which is why they're on Tinder acting a fool in my messages. So, so um, all of the hope you have, with the dashiki on. let it go. Oh, I have definitely seen that. <laughs> I have seen a dashiki before. One white man tried to call me out in my messages talking about asking me facts about the black lives matter movement. He's like, Tell me what you, and I'm like, I don't have to know this. I'm black. All right. It is, these are characteristics that I have already. So um, I don't need to know the facts because I've lived that life. You, on the other hand, should be writing me a research paper telling me why um, I should let go of our history and not call you um, all kinds of derogatory names right now. Like that's, that's the difference. And I don't want it. Like, I really don't want it because the only other kind of guy you get on a Milwaukee dating app are the little thug babies that have absolutely no personality other than selling their little weak ass drugs. All right. So if you are a Milwaukee drug dealer and you're listening to this, that shit is mid. <laughs> All the drugs. That's what I want. All the say. drugs are mid. Every, yeah. Every single All solitary. Right, All of them. So that's I just have a to little ask, side though, have you tried to date the drug dealer? Like, are you just, is the drug dealer off the table because of experience have or because that's not what you're looking for? To date a drug dealer. Yeah. Yes, I've tried. I have, <laughs> I mean, I have dated multiple drug dealers. Okay. Some of them, um, the, I, the, unsu- oh, let me tell you the types of drug dealers that I've dated. The unsuccessful drug dealer that never seems to have more than $25 lives with his mama and generates absolutely no business. So he is in a perpetual state of owing his plug. Then there's the ambitious drug dealer that's like, oh, I can't sell it if it's anything less than a zip, which nigga, you ain't never had a whole zip on you a day in your life. There's the, <laughs> 
progressive drug dealer that's like, oh, I'm just doing this so I can start a black business and invest in the community type shit. But then they get arrested, like, because they they get a little too much dip on that shit. And (laughs) I, I have dated a lot of these drug dealers. Honestly, I would say that at least the drug dealers are, like, willing to actively participate in the process like they'll take you out they'll drop a bag on you you know if you do something with your life drug dealers love that like I have a very good job so I'd be like oh well I have to go to work and they like oh I just love that you got something going for yourself and that would just make me feel like I know right and that's <laughs> fucking with no drug dealers because I know I got a good job. Like I know I got something going for me. Like why are you sweeping me off my feet with these words? Like, come on now. So, absolutely. And then there's the other kind of nigga in Milwaukee who I would say I would I would compare this man to the Constitution. You know how white people are always saying like the Constitution is a living, breathing document and it can be modified with the interpretations of the individuals living under it. So the black men in Milwaukee are living, breathing humans, but they exist solely on paper. Like they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. They don't participate in any dating activities. And then when they get on Tinder, they talk to you for like 30 seconds before they vanish and then pop up with a white woman. So it's, it's just giving, um, what would I say? Like Casper, it's definitely giving Casper, but these ghosts are not friendly. Like they're just like, <laughs> they're just, well, I don't there. know. You, 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 it's got these drug dealers hyping you up. I mean, you're, you're not making it sound as bad as you think you are. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're just, I feel like you're just, you're just in between drug dealer boyfriends right now. And it's feeling a little sad, but like, no, I feel like there's no. this good on the other side of the hill, you know? There's not because I was supposed to grow like five years ago and stop dealing with drug dealers, which I have. But also like anytime a nigga like go through a hard time, like he just go right back to selling drugs. Like, dang, you don't want a warehouse job. Like you don't want to work at McDonald's. Like you don't want to do anything other than selling drugs to get back on your feet like that. So it's not my fault because, you know, one of my niggas, one of the niggas that I was dating lost his job in the pandemic and then boom, right back to selling drugs. And I'm like, you didn't consider anything else? Nothing. <laughs> no day trading, no stock stock options, nothing. I'm saying <laughs> like you didn't even want to join Forex. Like they them niggas got everybody. Like you didn't even want to join them. Come on now. You just went immediately back to selling drugs. I mean, that is a a, a community service, right? Because during the pandemic, people needed some drugs. <laughs> so that's a that's a community leader right there. That's a black king right there. <laughs> no, immediately no. Absolutely not. Um I am sick of it because it's like I I'm nobody's trap queen, okay? You go to jail, you're on your own. Not even jail. Like the police could just put you in the car and be like, you know, you have the right to an attorney and I'm gone. Like I'm out of the situation because that's a lot. Like I don't, first of all, these little phone, I used to work in a jail. So these little phone apps that they have in the jail are very confusing. They're incredibly expensive. And I don't like my mama enough to talk to her for $15 a minute. (laughs) So these niggas go to jail, they on their own. Uh, see, I would have guessed, and again, I know absolutely nothing about the black population in Milwaukee, but if I had to guess, 
just based on the nothing in my brain. I would assume that the probably the biggest problem of dating black men in Milwaukee is I feel like it sounds like one of them areas that would have like really successful corporate black men with like ass backwards like Christian thinking and probably date white girls a lot because there's I mean, Interesting. In fucking Milwaukee. I would think it would be like a lot of successful dudes that have 1940s fucking like family values in their head that no one's really fucking with. You got the dating white girls part spot on. Like just <laughs> absolutely. Men, black men in Milwaukee, not even black men in Milwaukee, men as a whole in Milwaukee, I don't know if they like went to a convention or something, but they like exclusively like white women. Like everyone here just dates white women. You know, we I go out to the bar with my female friends and like that's all we see is just the sea of men chasing after these little white girls who are wearing the same outfit, which is just a crop top jeans and some kind of dusty ass Air Force Ones. And Oh, I saw the I, outfit before you even said it. <laughs> absolutely. So I too have to get a, a lot of white girls. Look, that is that that's what they want. Okay. And I have a rule. Like if 75% of your dating history is white women this ain't gonna work. Like, I, I don't really want it. Like, cause what, what is, what are you looking for? Like, do you see me as aligned with them? Like, do I fall into what they do for you? I feel feel like you're too young to make that call though. Cause like, if a man is 26 and went to a a white college, then yeah, 75% might be pretty white. (laughs) He's just dipping his toes into like real, like, like 26, 27, even like 30. That's when men like really start dipping their toes in like, all right, so who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? And they look back at their dating history and go, um, well, it wasn't none of those white girls back there. It wasn't those Hispanic girls back there. But look at all these beautiful black women over here. <laughs> look at these, you know look at my what? beautiful black future this way. <laughs> I hear you, but unfortunately, that's not what Harriet Tubman wanted for me. So um, <laughs> I am unable to participate in that. I just feel like um, Milwaukee is like one of those places where like the only way a black man would even like end up there is because like he got a job at a law firm there or like a like a, like a, <laughs> it's like some kind of corporate job because I can't I can't imagine a black person like being from Milwaukee. I mean I'm sure there are, but like it just seems like and again this is again my head when I have no information about anything in the Midwest really. I just imagine that like niggas end up in Milwaukee entirely by accident. And now you're saying there's a whole drug population now out there. There's a... There is. It's a Milwaukee cartel. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's also something here called the Kia Boys. And that's a, that's a thing that I run into occasionally. And if you are, if you and even the viewers are wondering what the Kia Boys are, yes, they are a gang of people that exclusively steal Kias. Why kids? I guess they're like super easy to steal. Where are kids made? Are like I don't Anderson? know. I thought, I thought Hondas were the easiest to steal, but I mean, that was. That's not a game I'm in, so I don't know. It's easy to steal if you have a gun. <laughs> but um, that was not an advertisement for is, carjacking, is by that the way. Your Tinder bio? <laughs> is it easy to steal if you have a gun? <laughs> Anything is easy to steal if you have a gun. Like, that's just, but yeah. So I think I you're absolutely right that most people end up here pretty much by accident. And it's like, 
the black people that I know in Milwaukee, they either came from Chicago or they came from like the South. And cause like I am, I'm first generation Milwaukee. Like bro, my parents are both from like somewhere in the South or no, my dad is from somewhere in the South. My mom is first generation Milwaukee, but her grandparents are from the South. Everybody in my family's pretty much migrated here from the South. And that's because to step into, you know, my little history hat, in, you know, the 60s, 70s and 80s, Milwaukee was incredibly industrial. So everybody came here looking for like jobs in factories or jobs on the railroad or something like that, you know, to support their up and coming black families. And then, you know, a lot of that left, obviously, because we make everything in China and Vietnam now. So people just kind of ended up here after a lot of the industrialization left and that is us like we the children of the people that migrated here for a better life we're just kind of fucking stuck here and not to say look because I love my city and I talk an incredible amount of shit because I live here but like I it does have its like positives but like the people really aren't it. And I say that with a whole lot of love in my heart. Um, but <laughs> I think if I could like Amazon Prime new citizens of Milwaukee, I would. Like if I could get them overnight shipping, it might make the city a little bit better for everybody. Specifically. You. Specifically. Yeah. Well, maybe it's time for you to move from Milwaukee. If you spend your your twenty six years there, it's time to spend tw- another another couple of years somewhere else. Yeah, um, my anxiety will not allow me to leave anywhere. So <laughs> I'm here. Oh, I'm until I have- my anxiety does not allow me to stay places. I'm yeah. I'm still searching for my forever home. But I've been I was in Pennsylvania for like a decade because that's where my daughter is at. And then like okay. my daughter's like old now, so I'm like, oh, it's time to do some exploring because Pennsylvania. It was not it. Tried to make that work for a decade and it was just not me. I can see that. I definitely am the type of person that like needs to get out there and needs to explore. But like I I, it's going to have to happen after I have a mental breakdown. And I think I have one scheduled for when I'm 27. (laughs) I think 27, 28 is is the usual appropriate time for a mental breakdown, existential crisis. Oh, definitely. I'm in the beginning stages of an existential crisis. So I think this is like a good, so 27 seems like a good timeline to like transition into full scale mental breakdown. You know what you got to do? All right, here's the key. You got to just switch your priorities and just think about your mortality a lot. Be like, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. I'm just going to coast. I'm just going to coast with what I got. Do I want to start a family? Eh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Do I want to date? Eh, you know, just expectations for reality have to just be super low. And then once you hit that rock bottom, you're like, you know what? It's not so bad being here. (laughs) As long as you want nothing out of reality. Absolutely. Because yeah, one of the things I did like switch all of my priorities this year because like last year, well, I would say like the beginning of the pandemic, I'm not even the beginning of the pandemic because that was like 2020. So like 2019, I was like, let me be more open. Let me be, you know, let me step out of my shell because I have like a cumulative total of maybe two friends and um, I don't really go anywhere. My mother is my best friend and I spend all of my time with her. So I needed to do something. And then the pandemic started. So I was just kind of like stuck with the people I had. Oh, because let me, let's step into Sierra's story time corner and say why I never wanted to date anybody ever again a day in my life. So 2019, 
I meet this guy on Tinder. All right. So that should just tell you how this story is going to go. Right. And already tragic. Already tragic. So he's wonderful. He's great. He's like texting me all the time, complimenting me. But I mean, like, look at the material. I would want to see me too. And <laughs> everything's going great. You know, he's like, we spend a lot of time together. And oh, like he has like, he works like third shift or something. So there are just really weird times of the day that we can see each other, which, oh, that'll be significant later in the story. But Beautiful. Yeah. It's going great. You know, Sierra's like living her best life dating and, you know, having a sex in the city moment, like just doing all of the things that I wanted to do. So that it's like, I would say like three months in, we have this incident where like, I'm trying to, I want to go out. So I like ask him and I was in the car with my friend at the time. And I was like, well, why don't you bring one of your niggas and we can all like go to the bar have a time or whatever. And so he agrees. And as soon as I'm getting ready to like collect everybody and we're getting ready to go, radio silence. Absolutely nothing. Like I'm calling. And at this point I'm like, oh, this nigga dead. Like I'm gonna have to get one of them airbrush t-shirts that say like RIP. So <laughs> I'm like, this nigga is dead. Um, I'm about to see it on the news. So I'm like scrolling. And also like, I'm a little nosy. So I go to like the county jail website to see if he has been incarcerated. Not in jail. Um, I see like on Messenger that his status says like, you know, active three minutes ago. So I'm like, interesting. But I'm not tripping. Don't hear from him for the rest of the evening. Don't hear from him Saturday, because this was a Friday. Don't hear from him Saturday. So it's like Sunday evening and he like messages me and he's like, everything's okay. Had some shit happen. Uh, This is my friend's number, right? So I'm like, oh, he's texting me from his friend's phone. That's innocent enough. And then on Monday, he like magically has uh his phone again and he tells me this is this is what he said he says somebody stole his phone and then held it for ransom and <clears throat> asked him for money to get it back right and let me just preface this by saying that this nigga had like one of them fucking cell phones that is free when you open a cricket account so could not have cost more than $250 to get this phone in the first place. So I'm like, if you really needed to replace it, you could have. Like, what you paying a ransom for to get your phone back? So Yeah, phones that, are practically free these days. They are. That switched the entire trajectory of this little situationship that we were in. So now I'm only hearing from him every once in a while. We make plans. He ghosts me. He just flakes, doesn't show up. Doesn't text me back, doesn't call me back. Like, we are talking and we're connecting somehow. No, due to no effort on his part, right? So he's like, so when we do see each other, I'm like, are you good? Like, you know, niggas in Milwaukee, their favorite thing to say is, oh, I'm fighting demons. And I'm like. (laughs) People say that in real life? I thought that was an internet thing. No, they be like, I'm fighting demons. (laughs) I think most of these in most cases nigga you are the demon how are you fighting yourself but in this case he was like i just got a lot of stuff going on and i'm like 
it's getting suspicious. So it's like six months later, we've got all this inconsistent ass communication, all of this inconsistent effort that was literally a 180. Like one day it just fucking switched. So I end things, you know, I do my mature thing. I try to have the talk with him in person, doesn't work out. Like the day we're supposed to meet, flakes and then he's like well why don't you just like call me at this exact time so it was like literally this weird he was like well why don't you call me at like 7 13 p.m and we (laughs) up for 23 minutes and i was like nigga what's wrong with you like are you kidnapped like are you across the border or something like that like what's your tea so I end things. I send this, you know, really courteous text that ends with something like, you know, take care of yourself because my friend said that I could not end the text with calling him a bitch ass nigga, which personally I think Mm -hmm. sums up the situation pretty well. So a week later, I do this social media deep dive on um, his baby mama's Facebook page. And it turns out the reason that he's all over the place is not because he's a, well, it is because he's a trash bag ass nigga, right? But it's also because he is in a whole ass committed relationship with this woman. Oh, so, with his baby moms. With his baby mama, right? And this is the same baby mama that he like looks me in my face while we're on a date and he's like, she's an airhead. And I'm like, you the one dating the girl? And then on top of that, tell me why this man, one time he was at my house just hanging out. He said his son was in the hospital, like was fighting for his life and he needed to go right away. So obviously I'm like, of course, like that's your child. Like do what you got to do. This nigga turns out baby wasn't in the hospital. Baby wasn't fighting for his life. The baby was minding his business. And this nigga is using his son being in the hospital to get out, to be able to expeditiously leave my house because he ain't telling his baby mama where he was. Jesus Christ. How old was the kid? And the baby was one. I see. That was your, that was the first red flag. So I'm like, how? Uh, I said, how so did the get is, in this? My daughter is 10. Now, me and my kid's mother have not been together. I think we were getting together for maybe, I don't know, on and off for like two years of my child's life. But mm-hmm. um, the golden rule of the baby mom situation, because women will ask me like, what's your relationship with my baby moms? And like, it's funny to me now because my child's 10. We split for good for good when my kid was like three. So mm-hmm. people are like, what's the deal with your baby mom? I'm just like, that's my coworker, basically. Like <laughs> we haven't dated. My baby mom is married. Like we haven't been together in any capacity in so many years. But the golden rule, I feel like, like niggas are gonna go through baby mama drama up until your child is at bare minimum four, bare minimum four to seven. But like if if the kid's under seven, just leave it alone. Just unless they yeah. don't live in the same state or something. But otherwise, and you just know leave what? It alone. That is that is why I'm very firmly team no kids at this point. Because I'm like, first of all, how you bring the baby in this, the baby can't even defend themselves. Like, the baby can't even say, <laughs> nigga, no, I'm not in no hospital. Like, the baby's just sitting here chilling, you know, crawling and stuff. And you talk about the baby in the hospital. So that was just like, I'm like, why would you put that on your child? And then on top of that, because I said it was going to be important. That, you know, he works third shift, which is why we could never really see each other. He did not work third shift. He spent a considerable amount of time 
at her house. And that's why he was only ever available at these weird times at night. So this man lied to me for six. And oh, let so me this man like just had no job. <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm like, you ain't got no job. Like, cause look, I am no stranger to just like being, cause I, I, they call me Mrs. Quit a job because I quit every job I am unsatisfied with. So there are definitely many times a year where I'm just sitting in my living room because at the time I ain't got no job. So I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I understand <laughs> it. But he doesn't even have a job. He out here lying on babies. I'm like, sir, you're going to hell at this point. Like, if there's anything that I can get out of this situation is that if you get to the gate, whoever is, whatever saint is up there, he is sending you to the lower level with gasoline draws on. Like, that's what's happening. (laughs) Because you brought the baby into it. The baby was minding his business. You talk about your work thirst shift. So that was really my villain origin story. So if you, I'm just going to send out this little PSA. If you dated me in 2020 or 2021 and I was really mean to you, I meant it, but it wasn't your fault. This is why you got to get off Tinder. Cause actually I now remember my last Tinder. It wasn't really a date, but it was, it's a really funny story. So I would love to tell it on this podcast. Absolutely. Um, this is now your story time corner. Yes. So I moved to, so I moved to Detroit kind of on a, a depressed whim. That's a whole different story, but I didn't know anybody here. And I was like, all right, let me just, let me just try Tinder. At this point, my TikTok wasn't like blown up anything. So like, I didn't really get any traction on TikTok. So it was all about Tinder. So I get on Tinder and I, I match with this girl and she, I, did, I wasn't even like really attracted to her, but I was like, well, she looks like an artist. She looks cool. Maybe I'll get a friend out of that. And my bio does say like, just looking for friends, like not for anything crazy. Um, so me and this girl had been texting, but like, I wasn't really able to like link with her at any point. So I was like, all right, I got to link with this girl before this like fizzles it out, make, make this connection. So I was out, I think I was out at like Eastern market, which is like, it's like a flea market thing they do every Sunday in Detroit. And she was like around. So I was like, all right, well, let's just like link up for five minutes so I can, you know, we could say we met, whatever. This like five minute link up turns into like kind of us just exploring Detroit, like almost the like entirety of the day. Uh, so, you know, we walk by this random place and do like a wine tasting. I pay for that. It was cute. Then we go for like bubble tea and I was, and the the first red flag should have been when I paid for the the wine, right? Then we do the bubble tea thing. She gives me her card to pay for us. And I'm like, why are you handing me the card? So this should have been my first red flag, that this girl is like way too old school for me. She was definitely yeah. looking for you to do the, oh, no, I got it. Oh, no, no. She was, she was like, I'll pay for this because I cause she was like totally into paying for it. But she handed me the card so that the optics were there that I was paying for it. Oh, okay. I Now, I, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, because she's, a, uh, I guess, a very Christian woman and like that, just, oh, just old probably. school in that way, which I didn't. I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed from her because she's like an artist with like a bunch of colors on, you know, she didn't seem like a, a religious type. For background, I don't believe in anything. So okay, that was already kind of weird, but I was like, all right, whatever. So anyway, so I'd always wanted to do a lingerie shoot, you know, some fishnets, some, you know, some floral underwear, like just something to lean into my feminine expression, right? Okay. And I tell her this. And she's like, well, I'm a photographer. Like, we should set this up. I've always... She called it doudoir. So instead of a boudoir, shoot doudoir. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I was 
so she's like, I've always wanted to do something like that. Like we could set that up. And she shows me like her, her portfolio, whatever pictures she's taken. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do this. So I go around and like, I'm shopping for lingerie. I'm getting fishnets. I'm, they're still sitting there in this corner actually. So we arranged this shoot. She says they're supposed to be, her assistant's supposed to be there. There's no assistant. Already a red flag because photographers like creep me out to begin with, male or mm. female or whatever gender, but whatever. Um, so the photographer's not there, but she's got, you know, her apartment's got the lights set up. She does my makeup. Like, this is looking like real professional. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Okay. So we're taking pictures like the entirety of the day. And throughout the day, she's kind of making like creepy ass remarks to me, like, you know, like she's saying she's celibate, but she's like, if I wasn't celibate, like, would you be attracted to me? Like, would you be interested in me? And I was like, mm, I didn't want to say like anything mean, but I was like, mm, but you're celibate, so we'll never know. Ha ha. <laughs> like, and you know, she's talking about her religion and her faith throughout this whole process. When I'm like, you know, meanwhile, I'm oiled up in a do-rag and like fishnet. So this is like a weird time to bring up your faith, but all right, cool, whatever. Just take the pictures. So we're taking it, we're taking it, we're doing this, doing this. Uh, I leave and then like three days later she texted me that she had to delete all the photos because quote unquote they were summoning dark spirits to her house <laughs> that's when I knew I was in the Midwest I was like I'm sorry sorry what she's like something's going on like the dark forces have arisen here and I was like is this something to do with your religion and maybe like you felt a way about a nigga in fishnets and his nails painted. And that is, sounds is this like an Evanescence song. Well, she was going under, apparently. <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know what was going on, but she's like, I had to delete all 200 photos. No, was it two, some, hundreds of photos. She had to delete them all. I'm like, you're going to just send them to me? She's like, I just didn't want to be a part of them if they ever got out. I was like, bitch, so you just told me that I did not tag you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I was, would have been totally fine with that. Um, the dark but, spirits. Yeah, she's like I had a, a she had a, she said I had a I had to see a soothsayer and I had to see my pastor and I was like as soon as she said my pastor I was like oh you're religious and we're in the Look, Midwest right don't be right. trying to bring Jesus into this okay if you were uncomfortable with a man in fishnets you should have just said that from the beginning like that's really I don't think all. My thing is, I don't think she was uncomfortable. I think she was a little too comfortable and felt a way about it. Oh, oh, so she was in her zone. She was in her element. It was coming out. Oh, it was coming out. She was in her her guilt, her religious guilt thinking. Oh, I see. Oh, she she just liked it a little too much. And she was like, what would Jesus think? Yeah, that's probably the vibe. So, that's so but she did send me money. She said I sent. She sent me money for my time, and then like uh, a, a, an affidavit, like claiming she deleted the photo. So I was like, an affidavit. Know, this bitch went to the courthouse. Because yeah, I was just like, yo, I feel like you didn't delete these pictures, and you're gonna use them for something weird. This bitch went to the and courthouse she- and got an affidavit because Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, all right. I was like, that's when I was like, all right, I'm in the, because in the Northeast and like Pennsylvania, New York area, like people are religious, but they're kind of quiet about it or like they're loud yeah. about the religion, but don't practice really at all anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be like, God got my back. And then they'll go and shoot somebody. And I'm like, did the guy have your back on that one? I don't know. <laughs> they'll be selling drugs, talking about God got me. And I'm like, did God get you the pack? <laughs> is that, you know is that your deal? Is that your plug? I think God right. is the plug though, low key. Like, Jesus definitely got that fire pack, though. Like, I mean, it does grow from the ground. All the honestly, drugs come from the ground. I'm saying, like, you think, like, 
look, I'm not even going to say the inflammatory things that I would say normally because my mom's going to watch this episode. So <laughs> I just got to skip. Hey, mom. But no, that's crazy. Um, I have never heard of anybody going to the courthouse and getting a legal document because dark spirits were summoned by the saucy pictures that they took. Interesting. Yeah. And I was going to put, I had like one video like in the lingerie and I was going to put it on TikTok, but you know, it got flagged because there's a little too much, a little too much meat print. <laughs> Those are the these, kind of things you have to put on Instagram. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Instagram I doesn't I didn't care want about my, anything. I didn't want my Instagram to be too saucy though, but I don't know. Why not? That's, that's... It's like Instagram <laughs> is for saucy stuff. Like that's what I get. That's See, I have three slots on Instagram that I use for thirst follows. Um, one slot is available because I unfollow Michael B. Jordan because I'm tired of seeing him happy all the time. So, um, <laughs> but the other two slots are just thirst follows of like, attractive men that post like spicy content all the time because in my heart that's just what I want to support and this is like look you can post whatever you want on Beyonce's internet okay nobody cares and additionally so you said you met this girl on tinder right Mm -hmm. yeah um I'm starting to see your point about the crazy people being on tinder um so yeah it's like the Facebook of dating apps it is literally the Facebook of dating apps. You know what? I'm going to make that a part of my personality now. Like, I think, ten- no, yes. Because Facebook also, but like Facebook dating is the Facebook of dating apps. But they're together because I forgot there was a Facebook fun. dating. Yeah. I don't- feel like TikTok has been the best for my dating life of anything. That's so interesting. Because like, I think like the people that I've met in like, real life and the people that I you know because my mom's always like well you'll meet you'll run into a man at a grocery store and you'll man you'll run into a man at a gas station I met a man a live man at a gas station like 30 days ago I talked to him for two days this nigga asked to drive my car while I was work like he was Jody and I was Yvette like uh uh-uh no we not about to be no we not about to be in the drive real life meetups anymore I feel like that's I don't think I've no, I did meet. Actually, I did meet one person here. Very, two people. You know what? It's I, I. I take back my statements. I have met people here organically that were super See? cool. But that's because it's really black here. So it's really black. Man. And that's to my own horn. But I am a sexy nigga. So you know. Well, that's so <laughs> wow. You know that was not a horn toot at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, considering what the pool looks like in Milwaukee, like, I just think that the in-person people that I meet, like, it, it might be the locations because, like, the men at the gas station, like... Are they the best quality nigga? Especially, here's here's how you can tell. Because, like, he just went in there and he bought a strawberry lemonade and a Swisher. Like, what what is the trajectory of your day if this is what you're purchasing at 10 o'clock in the morning? Like, you didn't plan on doing anything. <laughs> well, that's definitely uh, a drug dealer. 
if you're buying a, a single Swisher and a strawberry lemonade, you're just like a hype. Like, <laughs> that's like you you're could, a you could get a box of Swishers on Amazon, and I feel like you haven't graduated to the that, that level of internet yet. First so. of all, who the fuck is still smoking Swishers? It's 2022. If you don't get a Dutch or a Wood, like, cut it the fuck out. Like, are you... Do, Swisher? Sorry, that was genuine flabbergastion because a Swisher? <laughs> In 2022, y'all are smoking Swisher. <laughs> he had his preferences. My my problem is it like again ten in the morning, and you only you bought one. Could have Amazon that Prime had a box in your house. First of all, you assuming that niggas have like any kind of debit or credit card to order things online. <laughs> that's generous. <laughs> that is very very generous. Um, because the reason that these niggas don't order anything online is because they don't have bank accounts. So they can't order nothing. So you are, you are really at the, I feel like the niggas you're describing are very bottom of the barrel niggas. You are. <laughs> are. And also like Milwaukee, don't get on my ass. Cause these are very specific niggas. Okay. I'm not saying there are no good men in Milwaukee. I'm just saying that there are three of them and two of them are my dad and grandfather. So... I don't know. I'd be because I'd be thinking I'm a bottom of the barrel nigga, and you got me feeling like I'm at least a B plus. <laughs> like, look, the standards are in hell at this point. the The bar it is low. You know, the bitch with the Adam bottle, the apple bottom jeans, and the boots with the fur. The bar is lower than that. Okay, it's <laughs> even lower than Flow Rider at this point. That's how low the bar is. So. They, it's, I don't know where the bar is, but the bar, it's fucking low. So I don't know. And I also think like men who are like my age or younger or even fucking older, right? Like what the fuck do they want? Like there's no longevity in their plans. They just got vibes and swishers at this point. Like no plans, no you know 401k. No kind of, they don't get a W2. Like what, what are, what are you, you doing with your life? And I don't know if this is a black specific thing. It might just be men in general. But because you, you kind of have two kinds of men, right? You have the bottom of the barrel niggas who's just getting what they could get. And mm-hmm. then you have like these medium niggas who have regular shit, right? The 401k, the, the, the 50 grand a year, maybe 70 grand a year job, the okay. car, the apartment. And they think because these bottom of the barrel niggas exist that the curve has been switched so they have a god complex because they're a fucking you know a manager Man. of an enterprise rent a car rent a car <laughs> and they have like, they're like what they're like what you don't want all this you don't want my my empire i, I i'm the regional manager of six foot lockers <laughs> don't get no better than this ma. it doesn't get any better than this and then those are the same niggas that get on the internet and they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to aspire to any type of long-term relationship because I don't want any woman taking half of what I have. And that Which, is I don't even understand that argument because, like, you can get a prenup, and like, I'm sure, like, like if that's really your deepest fear, Here's get a prenup, and I'm sure ninety percent right. of women, like, if your woman loves you and she knows you only make seventy, mm-hmm. eighty grand a year, and she knows if you take half that, you gonna die. I'm sure she'll be okay with <laughs> signing Man. a prenup for a little bit. All right. Here, but let's, we just about to keep it a G. Like, I'm about to keep it a stack. Like, the statistics on the amount of black men that make over $35,000, um, somebody lying, all right? You don't want to get married because you don't want somebody to take half of what you got. Nigga, I don't want $16,000. What the fuck am I going to do with that? 
I'm saying. And what, first of all, that, that's just like, that's just the money you make at a job. You ain't got no assets. I'm taking half of what? The $200 in your shoebox under your bed? Nigga, keep it. I don't want mm-hmm. that. You're the, the cigarette lighter you got at the, you, that, you know, that crackhead cigarette lighter that you can see directly through that is in mm-hmm. the same shoebox with the $200 of the condoms that you've had since 12th grade. It's safe. <laughs> no one's <laughs> coming for it. <laughs> you know what's funny too? I don't want it. So, so I seen, uh, there was this one guy, he's not black, but, uh, or maybe he is like a third black or something, but he looks white for all intents and purposes. And, you know, I forgot his name, but it's like Cobra something. And he, you know, a lot of clips of his like podcast and shit have been going viral because it's very like, you know, women should do this. Like I have nine girlfriends and none of my girlfriends should have any other men. Like very like super hyper alpha bullshit. But um, a lot of dudes have been like, you know, he does the whole like marriage has no benefit for a man unless... And then, like, a lot of his clips are going viral, right? But then I, like, listened to, like, a podcast he was on and then, like, the like actually heard him speak past, like, a viral clip. And then the topic, like, got brought up of, like, the prenup and this, that, and the third. And he's like, listen, when I'm talking, I'm talking to millionaires. I'm not talking to fucking Randy who works at Kmart, all right? You're delusional if you, th- <laughs> if you think <laughs> that, okay. that these women are after your money, like... <laughs> A delirious like, I'm talking to like eight, nine-figure men who can have anything they want in the world. I'm not talking. You know he's saying. like, if you want to be the eight, nine-figure man, buy my course and we'll get you there. But if you're not, That's don't fucking worry about my business. <laughs> like that woman loves you. Let that woman love you and sign the and don't don't sign the prenup. All right. <laughs> so a lot of guys, a lot of like broke dudes are like quoting him shit, quoting his shit, not realizing that like he says over and over again like. If you're gonna be broke, be broke. But like, honestly, live in a broke man's reality. Don't. That's don't what live I'm in saying. Mind. That's all I want these <laughs> niggas to do. Okay. If there's a lesson that any man can learn, it's that exactly. If you're broke, live in a broke nigga's reality. Okay. Specifically, like, because ain't nobody. I think like me as like a millennial black woman, like. I think I'm significantly less traditional than a lot of the women in my family. Like, I'm not looking for no nigga to protect. I'm not looking for no nigga to provide. Like, I could get a bodyguard or a gun. Like, there, I have options. So I, I don't need the traditional aspect of what a man is to provide. Like, when you get into a relationship, like, you want companionship. You want a partner. Like, but the one thing I'm not going to do is raise nobody's raggedy-ass grown man son. Like, can't do that. Well, I so I just... I, I have different. I just gotta give you your flowers real quick. I gotta give you your flowers real quick because let me tell you, even you know, like I just the the companionship rhetoric has been very lost recently. Everyone's about <laughs> I need a man who's a provider. I'm like, bitch, I'm not a caveman. I'm not gonna bring you. That's home. what I'm saying. Like I'm looking like when I when I date, I'm looking for a, a collaborator, a partner, somebody to have fun with for real. And I mean, I, my my priority is kind of different because I'm not really like super invested in like having a family, being that I already have a daughter. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, like I'm just looking for somebody fun to be around long. That's term. what I be I'm saying. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking to quote unquote build an empire and <laughs> or that. And that just feels like me either. What everybody's about right now, and it's like I mean, again, I'm older too. Like I'm thirty. I'm turning thirty five this year. So like. Mm-hmm. My eggs is dried up anyway. So <laughs> I'm just Look. looking to, to have fun. And it just feels like the dating market is like everyone's like looking for their 
like I posted on TikTok, like, why is everyone trying to be led or like have someone submit to them? Like, y'all don't want to fall in love with no more? What happened to that? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Why I never understood why there needs to be a leader in a relationship. Like, what is this kindergarten? And I'm like at the front (laughs) of the line, like, I'm not following you, nigga. Like, get like and I'm not trying to lead nobody. (laughs) And I'm not trying to I'm not I'm not good at following directions. Um, I really I really can't be led. You see how long it took me just to push the damn record button on this goddamn podcast imagine a nigga trying to give me directions in my real life it's not gonna work out i think like and especially because like look i we are not supposed to be on this planet working and paying taxes you know we are supposed to be here especially as black people descendants of africans we're supposed to be you know in 90 plus degree weather eating fruit and just vibing but we are on this capitalist country uh playing by the white man's rules in the white man's game. So I really don't want to be like chasing a business contract my entire life. Like I would like to have somebody that I get along with, you know, somebody that has mutual interests and hopefully somebody that knows how to work this confusing ass iPhone. Like, bare <laughs> minimum. Like just tell me what button to press so that I can do use that app that I was telling you about three years ago. Like I, I really, I, it would be nice to like actually love the person that you're with considering like the goal for most people is to spend a good portion of their life with them. And if all you got is like somebody with a good job and like a car and a couple of properties, but they get on your motherfucking nerves, like what are you going to do? Go to Chili's every Friday, even though that sounds fun, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like I want more. I, and I want people to want more. I want them to elevate what they want from their partners. Yeah, man. We should be eating fruit naked, uh, raising children as a village, and motherfuckers yeah. just, I don't, I don't even get it. And, like, the thing is, like, that submit to dudes, like, you need to submit to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a, a domineering personality or look. But, like, I kind of always date, like, or I rather I attract a lot of, like, really submissive women. And like it's really? never been my thing. Like, do not cook for me, please. Like, I don't. <laughs> I do not want that. Like, do because I've. I've just. It's. I maybe I'm a little too submissive, but I. I just that's like a fully like. Yes, daddy kind of woman like that just is always in like submission mode has never been my thing. So I feel like these guys are they never had it and like that's. Like, can you handle that, the submissive woman? Because the, the super submissive women, like, they need you to do everything. And that shit gets exhausting. They need you to plan the dates. They want you to, like, provide all the yeah. money. And, like, that shit, like, it's okay if you can't do that as a man. Like, I, it is. I don't know when I was supposed to be this this monolith of, like, money and power and, and, and just have this person here who cooks, cooks for me and raises my children. But, like, I'm down to split all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Literally. The, that's what I was saying. This is, this is, and that's, this is the, also the problem that I have with like the 50, 50 rhetoric, like, and even just like, like the men who are like, oh, well, because I think relationships are about equity. So specifically, if you just have like, so if like your partnership dynamic works for like one person to not go to work and one person to like, you know, be the provider, then that's fine. But a lot of relationships are not about equity because in those dynamics, like, you know, this woman is raising kids, she's taking care of the house, like she's doing everything and all you are doing is going to work. Like that's it. So there it's completely chaotic because it's not even like one person is probably doing 50 
or no, not even 50. One person is doing like 80 and then the other person might be doing like 10 or 12. And then something's missing in that. Like where, where, where's the rest of that? Where's the fulfillment? Where is the part of that relationship where you guys like find companionship in one another? Like if all you're doing is trying to find a way to just divvy up these like responsibilities and you're not actually being like, well, how can we fucking fulfill each other? Like, do you motherfuckers like each other? Because I wouldn't like no man if I got to raise his raggedy ass kids all day and he coming home to me talking about where the food at. Nigga at Chick-fil-A, go buy it. I'm not cooking for you. These <laughs> kids get on my nerves. So that 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 just doesn't work. And I think the rhetoric specifically, and then like, because you do have the men that are like, you know, who think being like this quote unquote alpha male is about being like, quote unquote, traditional, which look, if you listen to my episode about the white imperialist patriarchy, you would know why that doesn't work for black people. But specifically, because like, the alpha male rhetoric does not like, because I like, what the fuck? What if we are, what, that should also include like the fact that there are quote unquote alpha females. I make more money than most of the men I know. Um, I, you know, live alone. I have like, I do pretty much everything on my own. So if you alpha male, I'm a alpha female, like, am I an alpha female? Like, are we unaligned? Like what the fuck is that even supposed to mean? Also, if we're talking about like submitting, like, I think it's like, what if my friend said it's like my kink? I love it when men just do what I tell them to do, you know, like just do what I tell you to do. And that's very attractive. I think it's a little toxic, but I'm working on it in therapy, but I don't aspire to be a better person right now. So let me just put that out there. But (laughs) I like, so is he submitting to me? Because also, I don't want that responsibility. Like, am I massa? It's Black History Month. I can't have that on my conscience. There's there's too much that goes into these dynamics that just give slavery. And I want all of us. I want all of us to be free from that. Do what the fuck you want in these relationships, okay? Because eventually, when we all get to the point where we're like 96, you know, we, we one of our foot is in the grave like what the fuck are we doing you know what i'm saying we done spent our whole lives submitting to a motherfucker who died 10 years before us because they ate too many smothered pork chops like the fuck that you made <laughs> literally that you made okay you killed him because you put gravy on everything so what what where is the fulfillment in that Free yourself, okay? If you want to be in a relationship with somebody, just bring yourself. Like, don't be like, oh, well, I'm submissive and I'm, I, I'm stepped, I stepped into my divine femininity. No, just bring yourself and see if an equitable relationship works for you. And, oh, it'll blow your mind. Like, when you're actually fulfilled and you have mutual interests and you guys can, like, do things together and you have, like, that nice banter that you can keep up and sustain because you're actually fucking friends ah what a concept yeah that's you know what it is it's a lot of people date who they find attractive and not who's for them literally i think a lot of people get mad i think on the internet especially a lot of men will get mad that like you know because what it is is like you have and this is what started it you have these like alpha male podcasts and i i don't the alpha male podcast is the problem 
but then the guests they have on is way worse because they get the hottest and worst women on these podcasts man. that go, you know, I need a man to pay all my bills. But like this, 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 you know, stock bad bitch is also like getting fucked by future. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, like they're not in the normal dating reality. And then you have the, you know, regular Joe Schmo at FedEx getting mad at the girl banging future saying, I need a, a man to buy me a Birkin. Like you never going to see a Birkin in your life. Why is that even in your like ecosystem of the internet that you're looking at? Not at all. <laughs> like, That's like me, for example, like, I want, like, my type is me. Like, if you are, you know, natural-headed and tattooed up and kind of weird and have some kind of anime merch on, you probably think the same as me. So I'm that's I'm keeping my, my, my eyes on that. Now, I work at a club. I do security. So I see women all day that I am very, very attracted to. But I know, like, the late edges and the Mary J. Blybush... That's you could we could be attracted to each other, but that's on a on a relationship level. We're probably not gonna work, so I'll leave you alone. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Man. If you approach me, I'll be nice, but I'll be conscious of the fact that we're we probably don't go together as Absolutely. much as I would love to blow your back out every day the rest of the rest of my life. I know it's not gonna be okay. there. So that's I'm not gonna get fair. mad if I overhear this girl in the club talking about I need a man to lead and this that and the third. I'm like, okay, like that's not. Of course, that's your, that your look yeah. tells me that that's what you want, and that's not for me, and that's okay. We're different people. You're allowed to live your re- write your reality however you want to write it. Honestly, uh, look, that's what did Jocelyn say? You gotta live your best life. I mean, she said it with significantly less enunciation, but we get the point. I think <laughs> if you gotta like, you just gotta find somebody like. Cause that's I think that's also a problem. Like if you want a girl. Just like I with physical preferences as well. Like you want to date a girl with a fat ass, but you end up with a slim girl and then you bully her because she doesn't have a fat ass. Like, why didn't you just date somebody with a fat ass? Like, stop dating people who want different things and then like, you know, trying to pressure them into wanting what you want when there are people out there who want what you want. Like, you're mad at these babbages on Instagram because they want Birkin bags and they want flights to Aruba and stuff like that. But there are girls out there who just want a nice date to Chili's and, you know, small, thoughtful gifts and stuff like that. So why don't you just date them? And it's because, all right, I should name my podcast this, Men Are Delusional. See, if Look, I need somebody to say it really if you are. know if you know how to do like any kind of video editing, I want a rainbow over my head that says men are delusional. Because <laughs> I think that's the point. That it's like men are really delusional and it's giving very much cognitive dissonance. And I would love to just do like a psychological experience experiment to figure out what the fuck is wrong with them. Because if you if the person doesn't want what you want and then you think pressuring them and like annoying them into like wanting something different is gonna work you're wrong like I would like I'd like a nigga who like maybe he doesn't have to plan every date but like if you ask me out and then you also want me to plan the date that's ridiculous it was your idea you make it happen but if I want to go out with you I'm gonna plan it because it was my idea I would just like somebody who's rooted in reality like we don't we don't have to do this whole, you know, song and dance. But I think like the wanting, if you want to date me, like you should at least be rooted in reality. Like I 
don't want a man who's like um very traditional so i would not be aligned with a man who was traditional so anybody that tries to date me that's like well i want a wife that's in the house that's it that doesn't work for me so that's all i'm saying i don't go after niggas who don't want the same thing that i want like i'm not gonna fucking try to holla at a nigga that only dates fucking instagram baddies and you know only because that ain't me all right i'm gonna take these press-ons off at the end of the weekend and it's gonna scare you like (laughs) that's why you gotta you gotta increase your your internet presence and you gotta be on tiktok because i swear tiktok really is crazy because like I see women on my for you page that like, like I didn't know women as good looking existed, <laughs> and yeah. then like I'll follow them thinking, oh, this is just a thirst follow, and they'll follow me right back, and I'm like, oh, you look this good because we go together, <laughs> like Man, like instant, like Tinder is not gonna bring me that. That's so interesting, y'all, because this man got like twenty fucking thousand followers, and he's like, you just need to be more active online. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Um, it's also, I don't know how TikTok works. I didn't know how to start my own podcast, y'all. And he think I know how to work TikTok? Are you kidding me? Listen, listen. I only got on TikTok less than a year ago. And that's only because my daughter was on TikTok. So I was just like, let me just add her on TikTok so I can keep up with what she's doing. And then I started posting a few TikToks. Okay. And now we're here. Fair. And that's how you found me. <laughs> yeah. And I also have a podcast, which I should have mentioned, at National Meat Treasure for all those who like a comedy podcast with men who just don't uh, talk about women too much. <laughs> We're just funny and musing. But um, yeah, I, I feel like TikTok, like, like, that, like, or for example, like with the bad bitch I just had mentioned, I'll be at the club and I'll see all these beautiful women. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, if I was like just out, right? If I was just like not working, I was just like out. I was like, all right, I see all these beautiful women, right? If I didn't have TikTok, I would be depressed after that night at the club because I'd probably try to approach these women or maybe not. But like, I a hundred percent, I would get shot down because me and these women at this club I work at, like, we're not in the same universe, right? They're they're mm-hmm. on the they're on the bad girls club. They're the Real Housewives of Detroit. And I'm just a regular nine to five dude, right? Now, without TikTok, this night would be very depressing. But then I go on TikTok at the club and I'm like, oh, I'm going to my for you page. I'm seeing thirty thousand women that look. Like they are for me, and maybe they don't live in Detroit. Maybe they don't live here. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But like I'm seeing, I'm seeing hope on TikTok because I, I, unlike yourself, you you have a lot more self control than me. You got your three spot for thirst following. My entire TikTok friends list is <laughs> almost exclusively thirst followers. I know like eight people in real life on TikTok, and I follow seventeen hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so the that... you page knows exactly what I'm looking for. Okay. That's fair because look, I'd be going through your fucking TikTok comments because I do have a TikTok. It's a secret, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. And let me <laughs> tell you that these bitches are thirsty. All right, so that's not fair because if whenever, even when I post stuff on like my normal social media pages, like ain't nobody checking for me. And that's I'm not even trying to like disparage myself because I'm. To, I am definitely the finest bitch alive, but like that don't work for me. So look, if any, look, okay, you know, I'll pose this question. If anybody wants to like help me figure out how to use the internet, fine. I will get on TikTok, <laughs> but I don't know how to use this stuff. I am confused. Um, I feel like I need glasses. Like I don't, I don't know how this stuff works, but okay. I will like, I, one of my goals is to be a little bit more active on social media, specifically with my podcast stuff. Um, <laughs> Because I think I'm very funny and I think 
other people deserve to hear this. So sure. So sure. But yeah, I think if there's uh, an overarching theme of what we have discussed today, it's just stay in your own motherfucking lane. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just stay in your lane. Don't be trying to swerve. Men aren't going to stay in their lane. Men, because men, you know what it is too? Like, again, not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty. (laughs) A lot of men ain't pretty. So like, like they'll see the bad bitch that's not in their lane and think, all right, even if they had the wherewithal to go, all right, she's not in my lane. But then they'll also see like the bad bitch that they could possibly get along with. But, you know, dudes be out here five, six and bald. <laughs> and they're like, damn, like I can't get the girl in. I can't get the girl who gets along, who I get along with either. So they just got to be sit there and be mad at everybody on the Internet. Yeah. That's... And post alpha male content from their mom's popcorn ceiling basement. Oh, absolutely. See, okay, but I got a popcorn ceiling, but that's because I have like a house that was built in 1920. <laughs> um, but I'm here for the mama's basement slander. Because um, absolutely, your mother would not approve of you making an alpha male podcast on the Wi-Fi that she pays like $80 a month for. It, and you ain't even slide her $20 to help pay for it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Go fucking shoot your alpha male podcast at the Starbucks up the street from your house because your mom doesn't deserve this. Nonetheless. Um, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, <laughs> this was fun. I'll definitely have to have you on again, um, specifically to talk about white people. Oh, God, I could go on for days. I <laughs> So I have a podcast, for those listening, at National Meat Treasure. And uh, it gets a little... So I, like I said, I lived in the suburbs for a very long time. And um, I've grown to hate white people quite a bit through <laughs> throughout that time. But on my podcast with my two other co-hosts, uh, they both have white wives. So I try to keep the, my white slander. And I love their wives, but I try to keep my white slander to a minimum. <laughs> and it, it doesn't work all that well. <laughs> so I would love to have a, a whole outlet podcast for me to slander the whites. Absolutely. And here at the Black Splaining Podcast, White slander is definitely something that is approved, especially within Black History Month. A sp- triple down during Black History Month. Especially during Black History Month. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I guess this is it. This is supposed to be the season finale in my podcast. So we'll see. No, you got to give us more. You can't, you can't do seasons. You got to hit us every week because yeah. you are a very hilarious podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for finding my podcast because I wouldn't have found yours if you didn't find mine. And uh, yeah, I've, I'm enjoying the ride. So you got to hit us Absolutely. with consistent content every week. Okay. Yeah. I'll be lying. So I'll probably be back. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to another uh, podcast of women and they were saying that uh, like a lot of people who do the seasons thing kind of mm-hmm. like sometimes they don't pick back up. And I never even, I, I feel like only small podcasts do the seasons thing. Okay. And I just be like, be like, no, I want more. But then you get, you know. 20 30 podcasts that pop up while this person was away and you're like oh i forgot about this podcast so True i don't want to forget about you black explaining podcast okay. don't want to oh, can i say your, i can't say your real name on here because it's still a secret but is it i feel like have it's I also hilarious that your your real name is your instagram but you're trying to be like <laughs> like a secretive so i think that's kind of funny kind of ironic that's interesting yeah um okay well that's all i got <laughs> Okay. Well, that's all. so how do I stop it now? Well, first, I gotta. If the people want to find me, 
at oh, thin.cruel.lips yeah. on Instagram, <laughs> at thin.cruel.lips on TikTok, and follow my podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and wherever you get your podcast at National yes. Meat, M E A T, Treasure. Yes, and ladies, like I said, a lot of shoulders, a lot of upper chest, so you won't be disappointed with this follow. It's anti-black not to follow me in my podcast. 